today is Christ the King Sunday, so I really want to answer the question, like, what does it mean for us to really understand Christ as King? Because like you all, I have a lot of negative associations when it comes to kings and kind of the idea of Jesus ruling as king makes me a little uncomfortable because of what, you know, it means to be a king. So we're going to jump into this scene um, in the Gospel of John this morning. And what's really strange is the lectionary follows a prescribed set of readings every week. So usually we, we pick up where we left off. Well, anytime you have like a special day in the lectionary, so like a feast day, um, you usually get the Gospel of John. So you, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. You just get thrown into a random scene in the Gospels. And that's what we are getting this morning. So we're just kind of chunked into this scene. Jesus is before Pilate, um, and he is on trial. So this is right before Jesus' crucifixion, if you can kind of imagine that, if you know the story. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up. John 18, 33 through 37. It's in the bulletin if you want to follow along. Pilate went back into the palace and called for Jesus. He said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own or did others tell you this about me? Pilate said, do I look like a Jew? Your people and your high priest turned you over to me. What did you do? My kingdom, Jesus said, doesn't consist of what you see around you. If it did, my followers would fight so I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But I'm not that kind of king not the world's kind of king. Then Pilate said, so are you a king or not? Jesus answered, you tell me. Because I am a king, I was born and entered, entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for the truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. So a little bit of context even for this day uh, as Christ the King Sunday. Um, it was started in 1925 by the Pope after World War I. So it's a relatively new feast day in the life of the church. And what happens is um, usually the church calendar, if they adopt like a feast day, over time, uh, the entire church that follows the church calendar also adopts the, this feast day. So that's why we celebrate uh, Christ the King Sunday, uh, is that after World War I, essentially you had just this obviously like brutal war we just talked about like you know it was over 35 million people after world war one uh, were left dead and the church was trying to develop a cohesive narrative right so you have christian nation essentially fighting christian nation all of this like unbelievable bloodshed and they were trying to develop a shared narrative that would say christ is king over all of these nations rulers, leaders, and we have a common bond. And hopefully they were going to try to use that narrative as a mechanism for peace. We know history, that really didn't, that didn't really turn out so well. Um, but that was, the, that was the idea, and that's why we have uh, Christ the King Sunday as um, something to, to think of Jesus as king um, over other kings. We'll talk about how that's, you know, it's debatable on whether or not that that is... A helpful metaphor for us today, um, and you can fall on any any sort of opinion on that. But we'll we'll talk about that this morning. All right. So I think, like I said, Christ the King 
Sunday is, is kind of problematic for me just because of the metaphor being used and the imagery uh, involved as trying to see Jesus as king. And we, I think it sort of forces Jesus into a box that he himself in this text refuses to be placed in. You know, he says, I'm not that kind of king. So in a sense, he's saying, I'm not a king, right? Like if, if king means something as like it does ruling over a people in a land, like you've had in the Roman Empire, using, like you said, a lot of violence in order to keep, you know, the peace. Um, they even had a phrase, right, the Pax Romana, which was the, the peace of Rome, which was brought oftentimes through bloodshed. They would have literally crosses of people, you know, people crucified up and down the sides of roads in order to remind you who's in charge, right? So this sort of peace of Rome came at a very uh, violent cost. So when Jesus says, like, I'm not that kind of king, I think in a sense he's just saying, like, I'm not a king, right? He says, my kingdom is not of this world, right? It's not of this kind. So then what does it mean to even think of Jesus as king, right? I mean, we have Jesus, a poor Palestinian Jew um, who spent the later part of his life traveling around, healing the sick, taking care of the vulnerable, offering hope to the poor, uh, that's definitely not a king in any sense of the word as we know it, right? Can we all kind of agree on that? Uh, and I think Jesus expresses uh, this kind of mystery that he's really talking about in verse 37 when he says, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for the truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. So Jesus it stands as a witness to a larger truth, right? A universal truth. And you'll often hear uh, us talk about at Mission Hills, Jesus being a particular of a universal truth. And I think that's what he's pointing here to. As the author of the Gospel of John writes, in the very first line of his uh, gospel, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is a universal truth spanning all of time and being infused into creation. And Jesus says here, later in the gospel, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth, right? He's bearing witness with his very life to something much larger than just king, king as we would understand that word. So the mystery of Christ in this sort of bigger understanding is the mystery of Christ being unfolded in creation from the very beginning of time. So we know 13.8 billion years of evolution and universal, universal expansion into the world that we live in and find ourselves in this morning. All here breathing in a very particular time and place and space. This is the deep revelation of Christ as king. A deep revelation that Christ is in everything from the beginning to the end, within and in all. In you, as Jesus would say, the kingdom is in you. He's using that language again, the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is within you. In other words, ultimate reality this truth of ultimate reality exists within you, in me, and in everything. This is the mystery of Jesus, 
the Christ. Jesus embodies the grace and love that transcends all of these boundaries and makes this universal truth a particular truth in the person of Jesus. Uh, as Paul writes in Colossians, Paul says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The eternal Christ mystery revealed in the person of Jesus. So yeah, I'm not that kind of king, Jesus says. The Christ in Jesus reveals the depth of everything in every moment in your heart and in your mind, but also in every moment before time, before humanity, before this planet, everything. So I'm trying to think of this Christ as king as this universal mystery. So I think this is why um, having such a limited view on our problems and our stress and all the things that we worry about constantly throughout the week, all the things that frustrate us, all the things uh, that we experience that we wish we could change and we can't, and they weigh us down and they make our lives heavy. And sometimes we wonder, what is the point to all of this? The Christ expresses the deep truth that what is revealed in Jesus actually exists in every person, every creature, every animal, and every living thing in the universe, that the Christ is in all. Uh, there's a movie that I always talk about here, and it's called About Time, but I haven't, I haven't talked about this movie in a while. Um, but it's, who's seen about, about Time? Oh, man, people, people. All right, so now you have homework for the week, all right? Uh, write it in your phone, write it down. Uh, a, a movie's called About Time, and we're going to watch a little clip here from this movie, um, and to set up this clip, I'm trying to not give away too much. Uh, so the movie is kind of uh, this romantic comedy, but it also has um, a lot of uh, familial sort of relationships going on as well. So uh, one of the main storylines is between uh, this father and his son. And uh, in this scene, uh, you'll see um, them, well, you'll, you'll see it in a second, and I will... I'm, tr I'm, re I'm tr really trying, for those of you who've seen this, you're knowing that I'm really trying hard not to give it away. Kevin, do you have a way of saying? Mm. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to give away too much, but um, this movie sort of uh, moves forward and backwards in, in time. And uh, this father and son, they've come to this moment where they, they both realize that this is the last moment they're going to get to spend together, and then it takes on a different dimension. Okay, we'll, we'll watch this and talk. Is there anything in the world I can do? Is there anything you want to do?
So in this moment where both this father and son know that it's the last moment they're going to get to spend together, there's simultaneously this affirmation of life and relationship. And what I contend is Jesus is, in, is king in that sense of all of life's complexity, that life is beautiful. And that what we find ourselves in here, what has been going on for 13.8 billion years, is this, this evolution of beautiful life. And that universal truth, that affirmation of why we're all sitting here this morning, is bound up in the mystery of Christ in Jesus. The life is beautiful, and Jesus' life affirms this truth. And he says, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for the truth, has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. So yeah, I'm not that kind of king, Jesus says. Kings destroy life. Jesus' witness to the truth says that life is beautiful, that God is moving and doing something beyond anything that we could ever imagine in our small time, in our small lives. So when you're with friends or family and you're around good food and good drinks and you're not checking the time or looking at your phone, you're in it. You're in it like that father and son are in it. That the deepest truth that Jesus' life reflects is that love and the deepest affirmation of everything that comes with this life we share. And Jesus says, when you witness this truth, when you recognize my voice, you know it. So when you're enjoying great music, when you're in a museum and you lose track of time, you are witnessing to the mystery of Christ, this universal truth that life is beautiful. So I think this is what Jesus talks about when he says, anyone has a feeling for the truth they hear my voice, that this truth is in everything. Um, when Christ the King Sunday was first announced in 1925, they called it Christ the King of the Universe. Christ the King of the Universe. And maybe that's a better way that we can understand this, that it's much bigger than our lives and the countries we live in and where we find ourselves, that it transcends all of this, and yet it also exists in us in a strange, mysterious way. This is the mystery of the Christ. So how do we see Christ as king? Yes, Christ is king, but not that kind of king. God reveals ultimate reality, that the mystery of the universe is the deepest love reflected in the person of Jesus. Jesus' love for the outsider, the burnt out, the poor, the oppressed, the depressed. This love is Christ. What Christ the King Sunday means is that we get a glimpse of the narrative of the universe. The pattern of ultimate reality looks like Jesus. The pattern of ultimate reality looks like Jesus. Like John says in chapter 1 of his gospel, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. When, when John uses the word word there, it's this idea of expansive 
universal mystery. The Greek word there is logos. And there's really not a great translation for that other than it is everything. And so what he's saying is everything, everything in the universe is somehow bound up in the mystery of this person in Jesus. This word became flesh and blood, and as Eugene Peterson translates it, moves into the neighborhood. It's a mystery, right? There's no way to actually explain that. And yeah, Christ is that kind of king. It essentially says that the mystery of all creation and all of time, the question of why we're here and what it all means, is reflected in the person of Jesus. Perhaps we could simply say this morning, God is love. Kings of the world come and go like dew on morning grass. They do. They wither and fade, and they're gone. But God's unfolding of ultimate reality in love that began 13.8 billion years ago is moving this morning in this room as we each take breaths in and out. It's in you and in me and everything and will never end. That's the mystery of Christ the King. So yeah, Jesus Christ is King, but not that kind of King. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you that life is beautiful, that life is messy and complex, and it's traumatic and sad, and um, everything that we feel in our bodies. But at some deep level, we affirm that the ultimate reality, the story, the narrative of the universe that we find ourselves living in, that the narrative that the pattern of this ultimate reality is love. And what we recognize this morning is that this love is found in Jesus, is found in us, and it is found in everything outside these walls. So when we leave this place, may we recognize the Christ in everything. May we recognize the Christ in every person. And may that transform our hearts and minds now and always. In Jesus' name, amen.